0: Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. You know, we've been walking through the Gospels and uh, in a chronological order. uh, Basing this out of a a Bible study that I have, or or a Bible that is uh, called Harmony of the Gospels. And so it, we've been walking through. Sometimes we're in the book of John. You know, the synoptic gospels are made up of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Sometimes we're in all three of them, sometimes just in one. And sometimes for the sake of time, I have to just kind of highlight one and let you know what the other ones are, because I want you to be studying the Word, studying in your own time. And I, I believe you are. I believe you are studying your Bibles. Is that right? I hope you are. I hope you're not just taking my word for it. I'm just a man. Amen. I'm doing the best I can, but please, study to show yourself. Approve <laughs> to God. All right. Um, but this, uh, this particular parable is probably, I think, the most important parable that Jesus told of all of them. And I'll, and I'll tell you why in just a moment by something he says. But you can also see this parable. This is the parable of the sower. And uh, this is also recorded in Matthew chapter 13 and Luke 13. Chapter eight. All right, but we're going to focus on Mark's gospel, and we will we will peek into Matthew for just a moment. But this is where we will be for the most part. All right, but I was reading this um, thing today: the best, worst country and western song titles. How can I miss you if you won't go away? You're the re- you're the reason our kids are so ugly. She got the gold mine and I got the shaft. <laughs> if you don't leave me alone, I'll go and find someone else who will. My John Deere was breaking your field while your dear John was breaking my heart. <laughs> They may put me in prison, but they can't stop my face from breaking out. All right. One last one. This isn't one of those. Uh, this is for my friend Caden, but he don't see him here tonight. Russian dolls. They're so full of themselves. All right. Enough of that nonsense. Mark chapter 4, verse 1. And again, he began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat and sat on it on the sea. And the whole multitude, glad I have it here, was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some fell by the wayside. Everybody say wayside. And the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground. Stony ground. That's your part. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three. There you go. And where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell. Isn't that a band? Aren't they called among thorns? Good good band? All right. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up. Watch this. didn't just spring up, but it increased and produced. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Now Luke's account of this just says hundred. A hundredfold. Either way, all of those are good. All right? All of those are producing. Thirtyfold, sixty-fold, and a hundredfold. Father, thank you for this time together with your precious people. Thank you, Lord. We give attention now, not only to the reading of the Word, but to the hearing of the Word. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Lord, we came here tonight Because we want to know you more. We want to have an encounter with you. We need your supernatural power. We need your anointing, the manifestation of your spirit in our lives, Lord. And so, Lord, I know that these who come on Wednesday night are certainly those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those who are serious about the things of God. And I pray for your blessing upon them, Lord, as they are here to seek you. You said that those who diligently seek you, you will reward. And I thank you for the reward of your word, the glory of your word. It is life to those who find it and health to all of their flesh. So we invite your word into our hearts tonight. Our hearts, Lord, may they be good ground. Will your word, when it is planted this seed tonight, that it will root down deep and it will produce much fruit in the name of Jesus. Amen. Verse 9, And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables. So that seeing They may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Now, the way this looks, if you're just reading it as it is stated here, now watch this. He says, to you, but to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that, seeing they may see and not perceive. It almost looks like he's giving parables so that they don't see. Doesn't it, isn't that what it looks like it says? But that's not what he's saying. So that's why we need these other synoptic gospels so that we can get the context. Because sometimes it's not translated real well. So now we go to Matthew's gospel, chapter 13 and verse 13. And let's see what it says. He really gives us greater detail on this. Matthew 13, 13. Therefore I speak to them in parables, watch, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. He says it's been given to you to understand the mysteries. They don't understand that, so I speak to them in parables so that they can understand it. I give them these stories, I give them these allegories or these metaphors so that because these kingdom truths, these lofty kingdom truths, will help them when they understand through parables. In other words, I'm going to hit them where they live. Right. I'm going to talk about everyday life stuff. I'm going to talk about farming. And I'm going to talk about sowing. And I'm going to talk about reaping. This is where they live so that they can grab a hold of those truths and then come up to that kingdom reality. Yeah. All right? So he's saying, this is why. Because seeing, uh, let's see, hearing they don't hear, nor... Do they understand? Verse 14, and in them the prophecy of Isaiah, Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. See, it's not it's not God's problem, it's their problem. That they're hearing but not understanding, that they're seeing but they're not perceiving. Because He's giving it out. He's giving out this wealth of truth. But he says their hearts have grown dull. So now I'm going to have to communicate to them in a different way. Aren't you glad that you didn't give up on them? He said, okay, this is where you are. All right, then I'm going to help bring you up. Now watch this. And their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that, that I should heal them. Now, for those of you who want to know where in Isaiah that's from, it's Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. All right? Verse 16, but blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. My goodness, but when the word became flesh, Jesus is trying to help these disciples understand the glory of this day that they're living in. They're walking around with the Word made flesh. Man, that's a good day, isn't it? Life is better when Jesus is around. You know, if you get sick, He just heals you. If you're hungry, bread and fish, all right? We'll just multiply this. Hmm? He's there to help you. If you happen to die, He'll just raise you up from the dead. When He's around, life is good. But sometimes I think that we get the idea that the things of God are, are kind of out of our scope. You know, they're too mysterious. They're too wonderful. And we're not spiritual enough to understand those things, uh, Whether we, because we haven't been in church long enough, or we don't really know what's in the Bible, or this or that. And so we, we're much too quick to disqualify ourselves. Uh, from knowing these wonderful things. Because when we see things like that in Scripture, you think, well, I guess it's for some people to know and for others not to really know. But my family, that's not true. Now, at one time, that was the case because that was the condition of people's hearts. But here's the thing. When Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried, and he rose again from the dead the third day, a whole new covenant was made with us. This was not a covenant. This the Old Testament you see Christ concealed, right? But now he's been revealed. The New Testament is all about the revelation of Jesus Christ. And he said, "When I'm am going to go and it's to your advantage that I go because when I send the Spirit to come, the comforter, the Spirit of truth, he will be in you." Being with you is one experience, but me me being in you is a whole new reality. Amen. Now you're going to be walking around as temples of the Holy Spirit of God. I want us to turn. Matthew, I didn't give you this, but uh, I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 for just a moment. I want you to see that the mystery really is over. And you can know the will of God. As a matter of fact, it behooves you to know the will of God. Because He has made His will so readily available to us. Amen. I mean, we saw the will of God at work when we look at the life of Jesus because if he, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I don't do anything unless he tells me to do it, and I don't say anything unless he tells me to say it. Now watch this. Uh, verse, let's go down to verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love it. Let's stop right there for a moment. See, right here, this was a reality at one time. All right? This is another quote from the Old Testament, and it says, I has not seen, nor ear heard. Unfortunately, I've heard that way too much in this new covenant experience that we're living in. We shouldn't even be trying to relate to that in this new covenant age. I had, see, well, we never, the ways of God are past finding out. His will is so mysterious. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Whew, but we got more verses to read. That's right, you got to keep reading. You got to keep reading. Verse 10 But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. In other words, the Spirit is. Wanting to give all of the depths of God to us. To reveal all that. He searches the deep things. He wants you to know the deepest parts of God. Look at this. Verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except by the spirit of God. Except the spirit of God. So you're not going to know it without the spirit because he's the revealer. You're not going to know him. But now that you have the spirit in you, guess what? You've got access to every, every understanding every comprehension, every wisdom, every knowledge of Him. Verse 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. Get ready that we might, what? Know that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. See, there's no reason why you can't know the will of God. It's simply if you don't want to, then then you won't. He's not hiding anything. He's not holding anything back. He has given all of Himself to us, and He's put His Spirit in there to stir. You know, there, sometimes there are things in there the Spirit will say to you, and you didn't know that. You didn't, you know, He'll prompt you to say something to someone. And you think, God, I don't want to say that. Right? Because you, you think, you think in, in natural terms sometimes. You know, I've told you this before, but this is one of the most shocking moments in, in my life. Uh, and I... Because it was it was really when the Lord began to use me in this in this way. It was kind of outside of my realm of just you know studying the Word and preaching, but it was that unknown. I was I was driving uh, in the parking lot at well it used to be Tom Thumb. What is that over on El Dorado and Harden now? Groceries. Tom Thumb again. Resurrected. <laughs> it was Tom. well I, I'd been over at the Starbucks just. Uh, south of there and so I got my coffee and I was driving across the front of the store and there was a girl uh, who worked for Tom Thumb and she was pushing these baskets and she was on her way into the store with this whole train of baskets and the Lord said I want you to tell that girl that I love her I mean just as clearly and I said oh hang on a second Lord you, you, need, to think about, you need to think about this. Just let me enjoy my coffee. This is a teenage girl I'm a grown man. That's already unethical right? That's not going to This is not good. And, uh, he, he didn't, he didn't change his mind. He didn't change his mind. I was like, okay. So I roll down the window. I'm like, excuse me, excuse me. And she says, yes. I said, can you come here for a moment? And so she's got that look on her face, like, okay, creep. And so she's walking toward me. I said, uh, I said, I know this is, this is, Weird, I said, but I'm driving through this parking lot. I said, and the Lord told me to tell you something, and it was this. He wanted me to tell you that he loves you. And she just began to weep immediately. Maybe 18, 19-year-old girl began to weep. And she said, thank you so much. Thank you for telling me. Thank you. And she goes back over the baskets and, you know, starts walking off. I'm like, what the heck was that about? See, I didn't know. My mind's telling me that. See, the Spirit, it knows The Spirit knows things, and He wants to reveal these things. And it's amazing how you can be used by God by just letting Him reveal those things, and you just trusting Him, He knows. Because here's the thing, God loves people. He loves people, and He wants to use us to show His love to them, that He'd be willing to tell a man driving through a parking lot, just stop and tell her I love her. That's simple. It doesn't have to be a, thus saith the Lord most high. This is the word from God for No, Now, that might be, you know, what you do. But when I was a kid, every prophecy was in King James. <laughs> but just be willing. Because understand, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You have the revealing, revealer in you. You had the same spirit that was upon Jesus To preach the gospel to the poor. To set at liberty those who are captive. The same spirit that raised him from the dead. Where is he now? He lives in you. In other words, because of him, you know what God knows. Because Jesus said, he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said. He will take of mine and declare it to you. Oh, that's good news. That wasn't even in the notes, but that's okay. The prophets, the righteous men, desire to see what you see. Now let's go back to Mark chapter 4 and verse 13. Now watch this. They asked him, why do you speak to them in parables? Now watch what Jesus said. He said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? That's why I believe this is the most important parable he told. If you don't get this one, you're not getting any of them. How will you understand all parables? The sower sows the Word. Everybody say that together. The sower sows the Word. So the seed in the story is the Word of God in real life, right? Yes, thank you, Lord. And these are the ones by the wayside where the Word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the Word that was sown in their hearts. Because here's the thing about the Word of God, the Word of God, when it enters your ears, it doesn't stop at the brain. It goes to the heart. Right? The Word of God is living. Ephesians. I mean, uh, Philip, I mean, Hebrews <laughs> chapter four. I'll just say all of them, and you'll land on the right one. Hebrews chapter four, verse twelve. It says, "For the Word of God is living and powerful." Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. All right? So this says when that word is sown, it goes to the heart. But here's the thing. So this ground then, we understand the condition of the ground is the condition of a heart. All right? Now he's talking about the wayside heart. What is the wayside heart? Well, the word wayside means a road, a traveler's way. It also means a journey. It also means a way of thinking. It also means a way of feeling and a way of deciding. All right? So as you are journeying through this life, the Word of God comes into your life. But if you are stuck to your way, then the Word's not going to produce anything for you. He says that it will be trampled underfoot. It's not somebody who is taking to the Word. They're just disregarding it. Okay? But he says Satan comes immediately. Why? Because those who are stuck in their way are prey to the devil. All right? Because, you know, the Scripture says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is destruction. So he says this seed that's sown by the wayside, it's falling on hearts that are... Living life for themselves. I think it's uh, um, Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6 that says, All we like sheep have gone astray, and everyone has turned to his own way. With the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's the way of man. I know the way. And when you're stuck in your way, then that opens you up to all kinds of trouble in your life. Verse 16, these likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness. Okay, this is a little more positive, isn't it? This isn't some immediately the devil comes and takes it away. This is immediately they get happy about it. They might even say amen in church. Huh? I love to hear amens, but I know it doesn't necessarily mean you're getting it. Right? It says immediately they receive it with gladness. Now I know Charlie's getting it and he's always amen it. And you'll, you'll understand why I'm saying that in just a moment. They receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves. And so endure only for a time afterward when tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake. Now watch. See why persecution and tribulation comes? It arises for the word's sake. Immediately they stumble. They immediately get excited and they immediately stumble. Their life is kind of Up and down, peak and valley. Now, as a pastor, this this one is heartbreaking to me. So unfortunately, I've seen this more often than I wanted to see it. People come to church. They get really touched by the Lord. They say something like this. Pastor, I really needed to hear that word today. It was like God was talking right to me. I'll see you next week. And then I don't see him for six months. And then trouble comes and circumstances go awry and they crumble. And then I get a call. I'm not talking about anybody particular. I'm just talking about through different experiences, okay? Obviously not talking about you. You're here on a Wednesday night, so you can breathe easy. (laughs) I'm talking about getting a call or maybe the next time I see them talking about this peak and valley experience and then asking me questions like, why is God allowing this to happen to me? Because I guess he's trying to teach me something. Otherwise, he wouldn't allow this to happen to me. So I have to just chalk this up to God's w- will. I, I, you know what I'd like to say? Can I just tell you what I'd like to say? Now, I don't, I, I don't say this, but it's maybe eventually if they listen to me long enough, I can maybe talk a little more straight up. But, you know, you've got to be gracious with people and listen. Uh, what I want to say is, why are you allowing this trouble to cause you to question God? See, that's where the first problem is. But, but you can't expect too much because if they don't have root in themselves, that's the only thing they know to do is lean on their own understanding. See? Because God's part in this whole thing is His Word being planted in our hearts. That's His part. Right? His part is not the tribulation. His part is not the persecution. His part is the life-giving word. Amen. Amen. The troubles, the tribulations, the pressures of life, that's what tribulation means, pressures of life, circumstantial pressures and persecutions, what does it say? They arise for the word's sake. These things are not lessons from God. These things are coming to take lessons from you. They're here to take the word out of you. And if you don't have root, and if you're not letting that word continue to sink down into your life, when the trouble comes, it, you'll just crumble. Because you have nothing to stand on. You have nothing to hold on to. The scripture says that we hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, because he who promised is faithful. Now, my family, one of the biggest things, that the first thing the enemy tries to get us to do, and he's pretty darn good at it, because people spend too much time listening to him, is to get us to shut up. is to get us to stop declaring what God has said. Yeah. Just get us quiet. I mean, think about, just think about it. how it is in society today, all right? We're going to have a moment of silence. In other words, Christians, shut up. We don't want anybody to pray, we just want silence. Now, I know that's subtle, but it's evilly subtle. Well, Church, we cannot afford to be silent. Yeah, that's right. we got to voice the word of the living God, and if he can get you to shut up, and start living on the inside of your head, how many of you know that never goes well? huh? Once it just starts cranking over in here. Why is God allowing this trouble to happen to me? Why why is God allowing this? Listen, let me tell you something. If God's going to teach you anything from his word, he's going to teach you things like this. He's going to teach you how to overcome. He's going to teach you that you are more than a conqueror, Through him who loved you. He's going to teach you that he is on your side. These are the lessons that we learn from God. That all things, no matter most of the time we get ourselves in those troubled situations, all things work together for good to those who love God. God has a good end for you no matter how you got to where you are. These things come, these pressures, these troubles come not authored by God to teach you, but they're here to take the word from you. And God will help teach you in your struggle though. And his teaching is not like this, dummy, told you so, I told you so, shouldn't have done that, right? He didn't act like us. (laughs) He's so much better. See, he teaches you that no weapon formed against you will prosper. This is what his word teaches you. His word teaches you that to fight the good fight of faith. Why? Because he also teaches you that you who are born of God overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Amen. Faith in God is the victory. He also teaches you in his word that you are of God, little children, and have already overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now, I mean, this is good teaching tonight. I'm just giving you, I'm just giving you what the Bible says. This is the stuff God teaches you. Amen. He teaches you that, uh, to take up the sword of the Spirit and to wield that sword because that is your sure victory. To fight, not by your might, not by your power, but by his spirit. Yeah, he'll teach you all right. He'll teach you this, that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. What that means is God is good and he's never going to change. He's always going to give the good gift and the perfect gift. He also teaches us that the thief is the one who comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have abundance in this life. You know what Jesus said right there? Me and the devil, we're not on the same team. So that way you can know who your enemy is and who's on your side. All right? God's on your side. He teaches you to command that mountain to be cast into the sea. When that tribulation, that trouble arises, you need to open up your mouth, Christian, child of God, because when you speak, you carry that name of Jesus, which is the highest authority, and you declare that thing to stop in Jesus' name. All right, you have that authority because you have his name and because you have faith in him. Nothing is impossible for you who believe. By the way, he created you and I to have dominion on this earth. From the very beginning, he said it fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. In other words, he wants you to act like him. Stop letting life just happen to you. And giving into that classic cop at, well, the Lord knows best. His ways are higher than our ways. It must be God's sovereign will. Listen to me. Take charge of your life. The world is groaning. It's in labor pains, the scripture says, looking for the revealing of the sons of God. Who is going to act like him in the earth? Who's going to know who they are and declare it in Jesus' name? Who's going to make things happen? That's why we're here, church. Not to just grunt out our existence. Huh? I don't know, maybe some of you came out of that kind of th- thinking. I did. Everything was good in heaven. Everything here, not so good. I'm just determined to hold up to the end and we're just going to eke out this existence and then heaven's going to be so much better. No, he wants you victorious now. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Let the word get rooted deep down inside of you so you can know and act on the will of God. Yeah. Did we see Jesus ever talk about that? we ever see him saying things like that? I mean, there's crowds of people thronging him, right? You see that all the time he's walking around, and everybody's wanting to touch Jesus. Why? Because he's a healer. Because when you're around him, it's a life-changing experience. Anything's possible. Anything can happen. They've seen the dead raised. They've seen the bread and fish multiplied. They've seen people get in. I mean, anything's possible. Everybody wants to touch him just, just to have that supernatural contact. And, and, but if, if it is as common today as it is preached and taught, that everything that happens in the world is by God's sovereign will, and that some people he heals and some people he doesn't, and some people this and some people that, that it's his will for some and not his will for others. Then you're going to have to see that in Jesus' ministry because he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You have to see him amongst that crowd and say, okay, let me get the spirit of discernment here now you, you're sick to the glory of God. Sorry, you learned your lesson. You, you, you can be healed. Okay, you, no, 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 no. God's doing a work in you. Just hold on to that. Did we see that ever in the scriptures? In Ever in the life? No, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Because when sin came, sickness came. When sin came, disease came. When sin came, death came. None of those came from God. They came as a result of sin. So Jesus, for this purpose, he was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And did he do it? You better believe he did it. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad he did. I'm glad he healed them all. I'm glad he healed them all. I'm glad he, I'm glad he messed up all those funerals. Here's the thing. If you happen to believe, and, I'm, and I'll get off this rant, but if you just so happen to believe... This way, that everything is by divine design. If you believe that God is one who authors or allows, which is basically saying the same thing, sickness and calamities in your life, well, let me just say this. Then don't you dare take medicine and don't you dare go to the doctor because you're going to be fighting his will. All right? See how ridiculous that is? He's good. He loves you. He wants you healthy and whole. Yeah. Amen. Because Jesus' body was broken so your body could be made whole. Right. Amen. Now, these are the ones. I'm almost done. Verse 18. Right. I mean, you don't want to go out in the rain right now anyway, do you? Yeah. Now, these are the ones sown. I would say let's just stay here till it stops, but it might not stop. <laughs> these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. Notice all of them hear the word. All of them have the same potential, right? And the cares of this world... The deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So there's a potential here with this one, right? They hear it and and you see that the word is actually taking root and it's growing. But the problem is there are some distractions along the way. There are some wrong thinking and there's some wrong believing mixed in with it. And that first thing is the cares of this world. You know what the word cares means? It means anxieties and worries. Anxieties and worries. That's why Paul said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to God with thanksgiving. People who worry, here's the thing. People who worry don't really realize this, but what they're doing is playing God. They're doing what God is supposed to be doing. Because God said, cast your cares upon me. Let me have those anxieties. Let me have those fears. Let me have those concerns. I can handle it. All right. It's not on you to bear those things. So don't put yourself in a place you're not supposed to be. You be you and let God be God. Also, he said the deceitfulness of riches. What is the deceitfulness of riches? I don't need anything. That's the deceitfulness of riches. That's why Jesus said it's hard for rich people to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, his disciples freaked out when he said that. They said, well... (laughs) How can anybody be saved? And Jesus said, all right, let me reiterate, let, let, me, let me expound on that. How hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? It's not a man who is rich, it's hard for him, It's a, it, who has riches, it's the guy whose riches have him. That's the issue. And the deceitfulness of riches is the more I get, the more s- stabilized I get, and, w- and when that happens, they don't see a need for God. That's the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things. Now, you might have been sitting here thinking, the night, okay, cares of this world. I'm not a worrier. I'm easily throwing that stuff on God. Check. Uh, deceitfulness of riches. Eh, no, I looked at my bank account today. You're not really there. But this one, this one kind of gets all of us. Just, he says it so generically. The desire for other things. <laughs> wow. Okay. Kind of hits all of us. The desire for other things. Because we live in this body. And how many of you know this body has desires? Hmm? And those desires aren't necessarily godly, goodly, spiritual, wholesome, good desires. Hey, listen, you're in the right place. Because all of us have that in common. Alright? <laughs> we no one's the exception to that rule. Unless they're already saved, spirit, soul, and body. Because here's the thing. You are a justified spirit living in an unglorified body. Now, there's a contradiction. You are a walking contradiction. Paul said in Romans chapter 7, I find in a law that evil is present with me, the one who wants to do good. He said, man, I got the right desire. I want to please God. But I can't figure out how to perform it in this flesh. Because I find that sin is in the flesh. That's where all those desires are, to do the wrong thing. In Galatians, he says there's this, the, the, the war against the spirit and the flesh, and these are contrary to one another so that you don't do the things that you wish. Yeah. Yeah. Now, those who identify themselves with the flesh would say, well, it's the spirit from keeping me from doing what I want to do. I really want to do all this bad stuff, but he won't let me. no, no. No, 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 no. You are the spirit. You're not the flesh. The flesh is just your house. See, the flesh, though, is trying to stop you from really doing what you want to do. I wish Christians could really get this and awaken to this truth that we have the right desires because we have his nature, but we've been trained to think all of our desires are wrong. Religion has taught us that. There's something wrong with you. You can't just go do what you want. Church, please do what you want. Let, don't let this flesh stop you. You are a born-again spirit. I wish to God the people of God would do what they wanted. Without the hindrance of the flesh. Woo! The desire for other things. These are the ones. But these are the ones sown on good ground. I believe I'm talking to good ground tonight. Here it is. Those who hear the word. That's not the only thing because all of them heard the word. Accept it. In other words, they believe it. They believe the word. They hear it. They believe it. And Bear fruit. In other words, they begin to produce it. They hear it, they believe it, and produce it. It's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to live in it. Hmm? It's another thing to live in it. And those sown on good ground, they have that kind of M.O. in their life. You see that evidence. They hear it, they believe it, and they live in it. They live in it. People ask you, well, what? you never seen down. What? All this stuff, I, I, have this, I make the same amount as you. How come you have all this good stuff? It's the Word of God working in my life. It's the Word of God working in me. Some 30-fold, some 60, some 100. All right, I hope this has encouraged you tonight. Good ground. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. I want you to tonight to receive um, this word. You might be one of these who is, might find found yourself, maybe one who's kind of living their own way and have not allowed the word to work in your life, or somebody who gets excited, you know, when you hear the word, you love it, but it's just not something consistent in your life, and so, you know, find yourself crumbling but make a choice tonight, make a choice tonight. Be one of those who is steady in the word, steady in the hearing of it, receiving of it, and the producing of it. Maybe you've allowed other things come in, you've taken on worries and concerns that aren't yours to take on. Tonight you need to release those to God, just between you and Him right now, just release those things. Say, Lord, I cast my care upon you. I want the word to take full effect in my life and I don't want these other things to come in and choke it out. The deceitfulness of riches, or the desire for other things. I, I, don't, I don't want to live by the flesh. I want to live by the Spirit. Right. So I, I surrender to you tonight. I want your word to have its full effect. That I can continually be good ground to hear it, to believe it, and to produce it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for touching hearts and lives today. And I thank you for grace and mercy. We can come boldly before the throne of grace tonight. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I thank you right now, God, right now for your hope, the hope of your gospel, that we always have hope. So tonight we look to you and we say, have your way in us. Have your way in us. We receive the counsel and the wisdom of your word tonight choose to put it in first place in our lives, to believe you above all else, to not, not wait on circumstantial evidence, Lord, to believe you despite our circumstances, despite our symptoms, despite what we're experiencing right now. We choose to believe what you say. And Thanks be to God who always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I pray now, God, as your people go tonight. That your angels go with them. Your angels keep them in all their ways. Keep them, Lord, from danger. No evil shall befall them. And no plague shall come near their dwelling. No weapon formed against them will prosper. Every tongue that rises against them in judgment, they will condemn. Thank you for getting everybody safely home tonight. And also, Lord, when they get there tonight, they will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make them dwell in safety. And tomorrow Tomorrow morning, Lord, they'll rise with a song in their hearts. The word of God on their lips excited and energized in the promises of God. Thank you, Father, for blessing every home. That great grace and peace would be there to rest upon them and their family in Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and all of your house and give you peace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.